ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Show. Tonight I have with me a, an experiencer of both, it's just going to be a, a fabulous show. We have a near-death experiencer and a, a, someone who is an alien abductee or a contactee, if you want to say, an experiencer. And she's also part of the hybrid program. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Sharon Sananda Kumara, and she's a psychic medium and a hypnotist specializing in past life therapy and ET abduction and contact cases. Working since 2004, Sharon has brought comfort to people through past life regression, messages from the spirit world, and hypnosis. Sharon has experienced two near-death experiences, one when she was nine years old and another in 2001 that dramatically helped change her life. Sharon has had a successful practice in Portland, Oregon, Area as a psychic medium, hypnotherapist, path life therapist, psychopomp, direct voice channel, speaker, metaphysical teacher, student, paranormal investigator. She's the founder of Light Journeys and Metaphysical Fair and the Kumara, Kuma, Kumara Academy of Transformation. Um, Sharon, thank you. Her, and her website is SharonSananda.com, which I'll leave on this website. Um, Sharon, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Oh, yes. Well, thank you, Robert. I'm doing doing very well today. Thanks. Um, I guess I want to talk about you're, you're both in a, a contactee and you're both a near-death experiencer. Could you t- tell the audience a little bit about your near-death experience? Because I think it was pretty, um, impa- it, 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 had a, it had an impact on me hearing it. And I'd love for other people to hear it, to know that consciousness does continue on. Well, from what we think, consciousness continues on after death. I mean, it's one of my big um, studies on my podcast is that, you know, that does consciousness continue after death? And NDEs are a huge part of that. So if you wouldn't mind, if, if you could talk about it a little bit, that would be great. Sure. So this happened in 2001. Well, the big one, I guess. I remembered the near-death experience when I was nine after my near-death experience in 2001. And in 2001, well, first off, I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't a very good Catholic, okay? I was not, uh, my family, my immediate family was not religious, and so I didn't really resonate with the the uh, teachings or, you know, I felt that the Catholic religion was to heaven and hell and put put people like Jesus and the saints and people like that up on this pedestal that you couldn't really, that I couldn't relate to them and didn't feel that, you know, and we were taught that we could only reach them through nuns and priests or something like that. So it wasn't anything that I I resonated with. That's just me. And um, so that that's a little bit of a segue for my experience. But in 2001, what happened was my girlfriends and I, I lived in San Antonio, Texas. Now I live in Oregon, uh, came back home to Oregon and uh, went uh, intertubing down the Guadalupe River for a girlfriend's birthday. And what ha- we had a really great day. We, um, we were on the river for a while, had really good day, had a good time. There was five of us. And at the end, uh, when the day was over, we uh, were ready to go home and we got on this, this bus. It's a little, one of those little, little buses that, uh, school bus that you use for, um, just a little school bus. Okay. And they used that. They had those to pull the trailer and haul you back to, you know, to the, the place where you park your car and everything like that. 
So we climbed onto the bus and when I, when our group got on, I saw it was full and I hesitated, but they said, come on, come on, come on. So I got on and my group was after me and I went to the back of the bus and my back was up against the back of the bus and they were, the driver was pulling a trailer that held all of our ice chests and uh, inner tubes. And so as he's driving down the road, it was one of those sticks, you know, that um, you bounce back and forth. As he's driving down the road, I hit the back, he's switching through gears, shifting through gears. I um, bounce off the, uh, I hit the back, the back door and fall out of the bus. Oh my God. So, yeah. So the door opens and um, pops open and, and I fall out and he's still going. And I bounce, and I remember I, I bounce, uh, my back bounces on the trailer hitch and then I bounce underneath onto my back again. And then I remember the bounces <laughs> and I bounce onto the pavement and it's a hot summer day in, in June. Um, and, uh, and I bounce onto my side and when I bounce onto my side, I'm underneath the trailer. And, and I remember thinking that he's going to run over me and I'm yelling and scream, I'm screaming in my head, stop, you're killing me. And as soon as I said that the trailer ran over my head and I, um, that's when I popped out of my body through my head. And- Wait, can, and I, can I, I ask you a question real quick? Cause I, I, sure. I don't want to forget this. I've heard other people, it, it, this, is, this is very common for near-death experiences, and, I, and I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to get your, get your point, point on this. It seems like our bodies aren't conditioned to endure that extreme pain. Like you were just about to get run over, like your head was about to get squashed. Um, do you think, and, and I've heard other people right at the point of like where they're about to die or something traumatic's about to happen, they pop out of their bodies too. Have you done research on near-death experiences, and have you found the same result as well? Is it, is, or is that, is that common? Because that's what I, I thought is common. Yeah, I've um, through my work and I, a little bit of research, not a lot. I've realized that when there is a lot of pain there or that type of thing, that we our consciousness does leave our body. And I know this from also uh, trauma as a child. And uh, so, so yeah, I do think that that's pretty common is, it, I, I believe God is merciful. <laughs> and so our consciousness uh, does, we, we are able to, to um, be in that place where we're not suffering that as much pain. And that's not everyone, but uh, that's been my, uh, I think it's pretty common, like you said. You think it's a protectant like it's a, it's like a um like a like a it's like a protectant that the body has that it maybe it realizes it's gonna die so it pops out of body because it's already going to do that anyway maybe yeah i don't know if it's our consciousness knows we're gonna die i think our consciousness is um actually trying to protect us maybe from the intense pain okay yeah yeah, uh, but I'm sorry. You get that. I thought that was a good question to ask. But um, if you could continue, oh, of course. Story. Yeah, don't worry about. It. So, so then I uh, I pop up out of my body and I'm floating and looking down and I see my body on the, on the pavement and 
I remember, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I knew I had, I had died. And I'm thinking, this is really going to ruin my friend's day. We had, a, we had a really good day. We had a good time. And here I go and die on them. And that's what I'm thinking. Here I go and die. It's going to really ruin their day. Yeah. And, uh, but it wasn't such a big deal to me. I, w I didn't feel sad or anything like that. I felt, well, I did feel sad for, for my friends and my family. And, um, but for me, I wasn't, uh, it was normal, you know, uh, it just didn't feel like it was su such a big deal for what I was dealing with. And I remember seeing a bus driving toward my body thinking, hmm, I hope that bus doesn't run over my body because that would really kind of, you know, make a, make a mess, make, make it worse. But the bus stopped. But then something, there was uh, the bus um, that the driver who was driving the bus stopped a little ways up. And, and I was watching as my friends jumped out and people jumped out. And I, I got kind of bored with what I was watching. It didn't, it didn't interest me anymore. And I don't remember how long it took. Okay. I just remember that I was, didn't really care to watch it anymore. And so I, I recall turning around and what I did was I turned around and, and I saw my dad, my stepfather who had died in 98 and he was, he was standing there. I'm going to, you know, it's hard to judge distance and time when you're going through these experiences, but I'm going to say maybe in, in terms of distance, maybe 20 feet from me. Okay. Not close to me, but off in the distance a little bit, about 20 feet, probably from what, from what I could judge in our space. And he was telepathically, I was very happy to see him because we were very close and I missed him a lot. And his passing is what catapulted my spiritual awakening. Okay. That's where things um, kind of started as well, before this. And, um, and so he telepathically told me that it wasn't my time. And I was, uh, and I was kind of upset. <laughs> I said, but, uh, but I, I, you know, I want to be with you. I want to stay here. I knew it was home. And he turned, he turned and um, to like, to show me to, to look where he was looking off in the distance. And I looked off in the distance and I saw, would appear to be a portal or what they call a tunnel or something like that. It was, um, and it wasn't really bright. It was, it was, it had light in it, but it wasn't super bright. That came a little bit later. And I saw beings in, whether they were in, they, I felt like they were in the tunnel and, or the portal. And so I started moving toward it and I slowly went a little ways into the tunnel and they were looking and there was beings on either side of it people that i recognized as my family in this life and also family that i recognized um that i didn't know in this life from you know ancestors that type of thing wow i rec i knew that who they were but i didn't know them here and they were smiling at me i didn't hear any communications or anything i just felt this um love and and smiling at me I felt the, I should say the um, impression that it wasn't my time, but I, I didn't hear that from them. Off in the distance, I felt this uh, pull 
toward this, I saw this huge uh, bright light like the sun. As bright as the sun, it was more white than the sun. And, uh, but it was just gorgeous, didn't hurt my eyes. That's, Ooh, that's I get emotional. Every time I talk about this, I get emotional. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> that's I'm okay. sorry. Don't, <laughs> it's just, it's love, I feel. Um, Cause you know, it takes you back, you know, when you, when you talk about experiences you have, it kind of takes you back there. Yeah. So there was, I saw a being walk out, human being walk out, walk out or move out of that, um, that big, that huge portal of light. And as he got closer, I recognized him as who I perceived as Jesus. And I flew to him. I just flew because yeah. i i knew him i you know i i recognized him um and i it's hard to put into words but uh when he when we embraced i felt this he didn't embrace me and i embraced him i felt this um it, this longing to be with him and also this feeling of complete complete unconditional love and and uh, where everything that i worried about or everything that um that i may have um felt ashamed of or anything like that was just completely washed away okay i what i recall the most was his um his laughter <laughs> because i i said it was telepathic so it wasn't actually in words I, I said i want to stay with you i want to be with you um i've missed you that kind of thing and he told me also that it wasn't my time that i still had more to do and i argued with him and that's when he laughed mm -hmm. <laughs> i said but no i want to stay here <laughs> and i want to go back to when um when I was nine, after this experience, when I was remembering, and I didn't remember everything all at once. I remembered this um, in increments afterwards, okay? It was just way, all of it, it was way too much for me to remember all at once, because uh, I had to go through a lot of healing with my body and everything like that. And, um, but afterwards I remembered um, when I was nine, and I'll get into that when we talk about the other abductions and stuff. Um, my um, there was a family member who was who was physically abusing me at the time, and he was um, it was in uh, my grandmother's backyard. I remember that, um, and he was um, there wasn't anyone around, and he uh, was hurting me, and he and he hit me so hard under the ribs here that I popped up out of my body at that point, and I. Um, uh, it caused, I just remember that intense pain. I don't remember the, the pain so much in my near-death experience in 2001 as, much as when I got, came back. But in, uh, when I was nine, I remember the intense pain when he, when he hit me and I, and I went out and I remember thinking or feeling what I felt was just this immense peace as when I left my body and was, and I didn't have that intense pain anymore. Okay. Uh, the one in 2001 wasn't as intense as when I was nine. I did remember that. And he met me in that lifetime or that near death experience as well. Jesus did. And 
he was there right away. He, um, he told me that I didn't have to go back. He, he said, he took my hand and he called me child. He said, you don't have to go back. You've suffered enough. Um, you can come with me. And I said, no, I want to go back. I said, I haven't finished what I went, came here to do what I've gone to do that I, that I, I need to go back. And he asked me if I was sure. And I said, yes. And so I came back into that body. And, um, but in 2001, it was a much different story. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want, I don't want to go back. I want to stay. And he, he, uh, he let me know that uh, I still had work I still had work to do. My mother was still on the planet and um, she needed me and she died a year and a half later. And also that it was um, things that I hadn't done yet that I needed to do. So that um, he ended up talking, he, he also let me know, he took me for a, um, a journey. He asked me if he would, if I would like to go on a journey with him. And I said, yes. And there's, there was just so much happening that it's hard to explain. Um, he took my hand and he, um, and we went shooting through the cosmos. And I mean, things like behind me, I could see this, this beautiful, I, I can't even describe what, what I could barely see as we're shooting through the cosmos. And he ended up taking me to a planet that was a, a water planet. And he let me know that um, this is um, a, a another a, a home for me, a planet that is a home for me. And um, when I finished my work here on earth, that um, that is where I'll, I'll um, enjoy being a, uh, a different, a water being on that planet. Wow. That's amazing. Like, do you remember what the planet was like? Was the planet populated or do you remember anything about it? Uh, yeah, I remember uh, some things about it. I, we went down to the planet and it was um, a water, water covered and it, but it had vegetation. It, um, it uh, had, when we went down, it's hard to describe, but we went down underwater. We went there underwater <laughs> and uh I met some family members who were water beings. I met them. And this was something that I was still, uh, how do I put it? Um, kind of, uh, it, it was a feeling of emotional. Was, huh? I was going to say, you didn't know what to expect. It was all new, right? Well, well, actually, it was it was an emotional longing because I recognized everything. I recognized this place, and it was very emotional for me. So, so um, it was, uh, you know, when you go back and you see your family that you hadn't seen for years and years and years and years or hundreds, of years, long, long, long time. That's how I'm, it felt. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it felt, and. And so um, that was very um, emotional for me as well. And just being with him was something that I didn't want to let go of either. Now, the name Sananda Kumara, your name is Sharon Sananda Kumara. Did you pick to Sananda Kumara because that name comes from the Jesus family lineage? Isn't that correct or something like that? 
Well, it's not, it's not that I picked it. When he ended up working with me very intensely after, um, after a while, it wasn't right away because it, like I said, it took me a, a while to remember all this. I, um, I made an agreement to be in my room every night at nine o'clock for meditation with him. And he helped me heal a lot, a lot, and um, still does. And so what, uh, during a meditation, um, well, Sananda Kumara, I found out, and I didn't know at the time, uh, was, is uh, Jesus's name or vibrational name in the higher planes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And so as we were working together, what he told me was, or what I got the, what I remembered in, in my meditation or helped me remember is that, um, I have, um, history with the, with the Kumara lineage. And he told me that the name that they had, um, taken my name or Sharon Sananda Kumara through every frequency all the way to the Godhead. So it's recognized in every frequency all the way to the Godhead. And so he helped me remember that name, not that I was given it or that yeah. I took it. That's a, that's pretty interesting. When you say it was taken through every frequency, do you mean like straight to it's been, it's it's lived every, that name is lived every, like source experience is different. Source experience is different itself. Like we're parts of source or God, if you want to say, so you're saying that name is lived through different frequencies all the way to the top of where what experience is source or how you know what I, am I am I saying it wrong? I, uh, you <laughs> you probably understand it about it as much as I do. I, what I understand is that it, it's um it's it's very high. Sanana Kumar is a very high frequency frequency name. Okay, and, yeah. and you know we we all our names um everything has a vi vibration right every yeah. every word every name and and i what i yeah so i just understand that that name um just like sanana kumara or yashua um or any kind of high frequency name is um able to move up in frequency does that make sense? It yes. Is, yes, and it makes it a lot is. of sense. It does. Yeah. It does. Everything has vibration. Frequencies. Yeah. Everything has frequency and vibration. That makes yeah. Hey, I'm learning a lot from this. I love the that's why I like to do my podcast is I love to learn. Now, would you say that this Jesus Jesus you encountered was more of an ascended master? Like you know how like the Catholic religion tries to say that he's God's son and we don't know that. Maybe he is. I don't know, but like I see him more as like an ascended master and that there's other ascended masters too. teachers who've come on this earth, like Thoth. I'm sure you've heard of Thoth and um, uh, Krishna and I, I could name a handful of them, but is that how you saw him? You saw him more spiritually than as compared to the religious dogma? Yes. Yes. I, I, I believe that he is a, a master and a master teacher and uh, he came to this planet to teach us, love okay and um and he is the epitome of love just like all of us i believe and he what he's taught me and what he helped and he what he tried to teach us you know 2000 and something years ago um is that we are we we hold we are uh the expression of god just like he is he he was just able to 
tap into that and master everything that we have the ability to master. We just haven't remembered how, or we've been, or it's been covered up for us. So yeah, he's never come across to me as anything more special than any of us. And, you know, he's, he's what, what I understand is he, he's here to help us remember that, uh, that we are all uh, expressions of God, just like he is. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. He just bring, brings in more light. He was able to bring in more light and um, the more light we're able to bring into our, our physical vehicle, our body, the more we can be like him and like a master and be, be a master. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. No, and this is probably a pretty simple question, but would you, I'm going to have to ask you, because like I interview people on near death experiences and past life regressions all the time and reincarnation. And basically I could talk to people and I could be so convinced that, you know, the, you know, consciousness continues after death, but then like two days later, I get scared again at death, you know, and I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, something that we all have. You're all, just, you know, not, obviously not you because you've had your experiences and your work. So I guess my question is throughout your work and, and your own experiences, would you say that you can verify that consciousness does continue after death and that it wasn't something that your brain was producing? Oh, definitely. I, uh, I'm also an out-of-body traveler. So uh, I, you know, I, um, I travel very regularly uh, two or three times a week and, and leave. I don't know if you call it going within or going without, I don't know, but um, I kind of think the, the more we world. go within the astral world and higher. Yes. And so, uh, so I know that I have, uh, we're multidimensional and this is just a tiny small part of who we really are. And that consciousness does exist outside this, this, um, this reality, this matrix, this um, reality, this illusion. Yeah. <laughs> this what, what is it, you know, what a good book, book is Michael Talbot's the holographic universe. Um, oh yeah. I have it. Yeah. You, know, you have, yeah. It's, that's a really yeah. good book. I, I was, mm-hmm. I used to, I, I used to do a lot of, I used to, I was, I was really inspired by a guy. He died in 2020. His name was Gerald Clark. Have you ever heard of him? Gerald Clark? Yeah. No, I don't think so. He wrote books about the Anunnaki and I have an oh. Anunnaki genealogy table on my bat wall that was done by him. Like, you know, supposedly the Anunnaki came and they genetically modified man, but I didn't just learn about the Anunnaki from him. I learned a lot about spirituality and I learned a lot about, you know, life and a lot about, um, you know, stuff like that, like the holographic universe, how we could be living. It's like an organic simulation, like it's mm-hmm. organic, but at the same time, it's a simulation. And we can also, you know, people don't realize this. We can actually, you know, materialize things with our mind. If we, you know, if we concentrate like a laser, I truly believe, you know, if you, if you can, man, you can manifest things. Have you had success too? Well, yeah, um, I will share, speaking of a holographic uh, universe, I, I'll, I'll share a quick experience with you. I lived in San Antonio, and um, as I was meditating very heavily and, and uh, um, working with Yeshua, I was in the grocery store, H-E-B grocery store, one day, one night, one evening, and as I'm walking through the store shopping, 
my reality, the reality around me disappeared and I could see the matrix just as oh, clear wow. as anything. Yeah, I just, uh, it lasted about three seconds, which is quite a while when you think about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so I, what I saw was blue green lines, the matrix, just like on the Star Trek holodeck, except it was more green, but it was amazing. <laughs> so that I realized that I couldn't tell anyone at the time. And um, I realized that this is all, a hologram so as far as manifesting i totally we have we have the ability we just haven't forgot i mean we haven't remembered how we've forgotten how and i believe that uh that yeshua jesus was here to show us came here to show us that we had all the abilities that he had or has we just forgot and it was covered up our dna was i believe our dna was manipulated and and so um but you know things are happening now where we're going through a cycle what i understand and and believe where we're moving up in frequency and we'll be able to do more of those things like the masters are able to do yeah i think it depends on certain people too like you know like the people people like you and me and you know people that watch my show that are dedicated to like meditation and that one they they want the like the the five D light you could say like I don't know if I necessarily believe in that we're all going to go to five D or you know because yeah. there's there's a lot of you know like chaos in the world so you know like these people that are like real chaotic or like you know like like that are pro not protesters I'm just saying like all all the chaos you know like the Antifa mm -hmm. riders and all, all that stuff I'm, I'm, the people who are, are more focused on a spiritual path. I think are more likely to experience these things. That's what makes me think that, but I think we are going through uh, a, a shift in awareness, like a shift in consciousness. I think the whole planet is. And I think that does have to do with a lot with like, there's, you know, we woke up to, you know, there's still huge racism in, in the world. We woke up to the fact that, you know, um, COVID-19 woke us up to a lot of things. Yeah, it was a real virus, but there were a lot of, um, you know, there were a lot of shady things done, you know, and people are questioning vaccines. And I don't like to get into politics on my podcast, but what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think we are going through a, a, a state of higher consciousness. What would you say? Oh, yeah, totally. I believe that um, uh, we go through cycles and I've st I studied the law of one. Are you familiar with the lot of law of one? I've, I've heard about it and I've, I haven't read it, but what, what, okay. what, what does that say? It, well, it's deep. It's deep. <laughs> it's a lifelong study. Let me tell you that. But, um, and, and my, my teachers have taught me, actually was taught me 20 years ago. I saw what's 20 years ago. I saw what's happening now. I saw these in my visions and in my meditations, but I didn't understand it at the time that, um, we're going through a, um, our galaxy is going, um, is moving. We're moving into a higher frequency. So there's, it's not, anything we can avoid so as we're moving into a higher frequency our planet's moving into a higher frequency it's been going on for a while and uh and that we're end of a we a 26 000 year cycle and so uh you know it's it's either get on the train or or miss the train kind of thing yeah yeah what do you think will happen to the people that do don't like do you think their lives will just be like worse because they're not picking up on the new frequency yeah uh 
that's a good question. I mean, there's lots of uh, thoughts about that. I, I do believe that um, people who are not, I, I believe it has to do with what you have going on in your heart. Okay. Yeah. And, and the law of one talks about if your thoughts are, uh, they use the formula 51% or more of service to others. Okay. Uh, if your thoughts are based on, or, you know, predominantly 51% or more of, uh, thinking about how to help others, you know, how to be of service, that type of thing, and just be a nice person, uh, then, then you're in, you don't have to worry about it. It doesn't mean you won't struggle because yeah. that's, you know, we need to clear our stuff, our personal stuff. That's the only way we can get through everything. And, um, and if you're not, then, um, then it's going to be a tough time and you'll, you know, you'll, uh, die early or, you know, and reincarnate maybe on a different planet or something like that, but that you won't be able to, that type of, of mindset or consciousness will not be able to exist. It'll be super, super tough, uh, be able to exist in the, the frequency that the the earth is uh, has moving is moving to that's that's pretty interesting um now i want to get into uh your uh, the, the abduction phenomena and because i, I covered a lot on this show and i want to get your input in it because you work with experiencers you are an experiencer so i guess first off what are your thoughts on what's going on i mean who, who do you think these beings are what, what i mean I get a lot of different opinions on this show, so I won't be surprised at anything, anything you give me, but you know, it's, it's all interesting to me. Well, I can only speak from personal experience. And um, I think there's a lot of beings of, um, you know, uh, ultra terrestrial or whatever you want to call them, extraterrestrial beings that are uh, on the working with this planet that are um, positive and negative. I think there's more positive now than negative. And, um, and the law of one talks about this too. Uh, but um, the beings that, that, I mean, I, now I work with all kinds of beings. When I was a child, they, uh, they were gray beings. I had three gray beings that helped me when my family member was, um, you know, abusing me, doing harm to me as a child and they came and they uh helped me through it they took they would um take me to their ship and heal my body uh i had um and and i will say i didn't remember this until until i had after my near-death experience okay yeah i i didn't remember any of my childhood basically i hardly any of it um and the only thing that uh, we lived with my grandmother, my sister and I at the time, uh, my parents were divorced. And the only thing, I, I don't know if there's any proof or I, I could prove anything. I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone, but my sister remembers waking up in the middle of the night and I wasn't in my bed. She, she told me afterwards, but, but I had these gray beans that came and got me and helped me whenever this um, family member would hurt me bad enough to where he was trying to kill me. And I remember one experience where uh, they used this wand. It was about this big, one of the gray beans who was female, who I felt really close to. And she waved it over my body. Um, and I was sitting in a chair in, um, in the ship that they would take me to. And I remember it was purple. It had purple light and I smelled like lavender and whenever i smell lavender i think of them oh wow yeah 
so I had a lot of experiences with them and um, they that stopped as uh, when we moved from my grandparents' house when I was um, 11, I believe I was 11, yeah. And, um, and I didn't have any, any recollection after that, but as you were talking about leaving your body with pain, during the experiences, as I was remembering these experiences with the family member, um, I had repressed it so well that I could start to feel the pain in my body as an adult and smell the vomit because I was vomiting as he was um, abusing me, all oh. that kind of thing. And I was, and I was up above my body looking at the experience. So these three beings were the beings I remember first working with or that were working with me or that uh, would come into my room and uh, help me. Uh, they've, they've looked biological to me. They didn't look like the, the drones or anything like that. Okay. So this could be a different kind of gray. There's a, I mean, I've had a girl on my show that told me there's like nine different species of grays. You know, oh, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 totally. So whenever I do uh, recall them or connect with them, I feel um, heart, a warmth in my heart, and it brings up emotion for me, love. So I do feel that they do have a um, caring for me and love for me. Um, I, uh, so what was, uh, you, you wanted to, your question was what I, I think. So what your, what your take is on the whole abduction phenomenon, because there's a lot of people that are suffering, like, and I guess I kind of answered it because I guess there's all different kinds of beings, but there's a, there's a hybridization program going on as right. well, which is like, it's very weird because, you know, they're taking semen from men, not to get explicit, but they're taking semen from men and eggs from women. And they've been doing it for 40 years. So where is all this DNA going? I mean, if you had, I mean, I'm sure you don't know. But I, I'm, one of my questions I ask myself is, where is all this DNA going? Do they have like a planet of hybrids now? Or I wonder what's going on. Did you, did you, did you say you were part of the hybrid program or? You... Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I have, um, well, I know that I am because I've seen um, my daughter and one of my daughters and my granddaughter. Uh, and um, just recently, I had a memory that spontaneous memory came up while I was driving to Seattle, where I was, um, it was triggered, uh, where I was laying on a table, and I'm assuming on the ship, and I, I was, I, I just, as I'm driving, I'm stuck in traffic. I was driving to Seattle and I was stuck in traffic. So good thing I, <laughs> my, my higher self picked a good time for it. But uh, I, during, in, as I'm experiencing this, I'm shaking violently. And there's a gray, I'm assuming she's gray because I saw her eyes, but there's a female next to me and she's calming me and uh, she's warming, trying to warm me. I, I don't have any clothes on. I remember that. And I'm about, I am get the feeling or the impression I'm around 19 or 20, okay? And, and she's trying to warm me with her hands. And she goes to my head and puts her hands on my head and she goes around to the side. And she's telling me to, uh, to be calm, helping me to be calm and, and and uh, telling me that it will be over soon. It will be over soon. 
and she, and I can't move, I can't move my head or I can't move my body. And I see her and what's really clear is I see her come in front of me and I, all I see are her big black eyes. But I feel that she has mother energy for me. And, um, and then she, and I don't see what's going on, but I know I, I have the impression that they're removing a fetus. And so she, um, she comes around to me and she's holding a fetus and, uh, and she tells me that she's telling me that um, I'm helping the planet with what I'm doing. She's reminding me this during this exchange. <clears throat> um, while I'm in the car, I feel uh, intense pain in my lower back and radiating down my legs like labor pains <laughs> so my body held on to that again held on to that pain so wait you're in two places at the same time you're in your car but they're yes. abducting you at the same time and like so do you no. I'm, I, I'm remembering the abduction i'm remembering oh, okay yeah. from the maybe yeah. from the night before or something as you're driving no this is this is a repressed memory from when I was around 19 or 20. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're removing, I'm, yeah, I'm way too old to be carrying a fetus, but they're. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you said um, if you were, you were, you were, you were remembering it during a drive. That's why I did it. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was remembering it last week. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that's last where I week. got confused. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I know it's confusing. It's confusing for me too. And so, but last week is when this memory, uh, came up and you know what's you know what you know it's interesting when you said she said you were helping the planet um other people have said that they said and you know i've had kathleen martin on my show she's the niece of betty and barney betty and barney hill you know and oh. she, she works with experiencers all the time as well and she told me that the grays said that they're making new humans like they're making uh, how do i explain this i i just it's they're taking the, 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 the DNA from the man, the DNA from the woman. They're adding a little bit of alien DNA. Then they're mm -hmm. putting these people, these, these, I don't know if they're replanting them in women or if they're putting them in our society because we're a nuclear society. Um, I don't know if you've heard this as well, but, you know, UFOs have, have flown over nuclear facilities and shut them off. And supposedly they want to build a new race of humans so we don't, you know, blow each other out. I mean, have you heard right. some, something similar to that? Yes, that's that was the feeling I I have and the impression I have as well. Now, when I was a child, they told me that they were they were also cloning me. That they have clones of, of me. Um, why I don't know, but they they did tell me that. Now, for the hybrid program, I do believe that there are probably two or three uh, at least uh, programs that, and some may not be as um altruistic as as what we're talking about here the I, I believe that i'm part of that program uh that uh we are mixing um more spiritually aware and more intelligent maybe i don't know spiritually aware be high uh, ets and humans so that we can uh be better caretakers of humanity and the planet and so um that's what i was getting for sure 
Uh, I also saw, I want to share when I saw my granddaughter, which was recent as well. And, um, and, you know, it's hard for me to call this an out of body experience because I just wake up in the middle of the night and I'm there and I'm just as physical, if not more than this. And I'm on a, um, this happened about a year ago and I'm on what looks like a ship and I'm in living quarters. I see a swimming pool. There's people in the swimming pool. Uh, they're human and, and I'm walking through and it's a lot of white and I'm walking through a, the quarters and I find my daughter and I feel like I've been there before and I find who I know is my hybrid daughter. Okay. Yeah. I meet her and she has a young girl with her who I recognize as my granddaughter, my hybrid granddaughter. Wow. Yeah. And she has uh, pointed ears and uh, she, her hair is in pigtails, the little girl, her hair is in pigtails. And, and I ask um, my, my daughter, uh, so what, what has, you know, what has my granddaughter been learning? And she's probably about four or five, I believe. And she takes, <laughs> she says, let me show you. So she takes her daughter my granddaughter and she's holding, she turns her up and she's holding her by the ankles and, and she just lets go. And my granddaughter does something with her arms, like waving her arms and she levitates and she's levitating wow. right in front of us. Yeah. That's amazing. And use your daughter. Would you say your is your daughter just regular human or would you say she has party tea or is this a hybrid daughter or? I believe she's a hybrid daughter. She had, she looked more human than um, extraterrestrial, but she did have larger eyes than, than human. But I, and I knew her and, um, but, and then we were sitting having conversations. I was talking with her and talking with other people about how that it, my granddaughter, it, that it wasn't, might not be the right time for her to be, um, for her to plan on coming to earth yet because of the way she you know she looked because she was she wasn't she looked totally different than people and we're not so good with different looking you know beings um, but her ears but not long after that there were some beings in my room right and and I drew a picture of this guy but I could see them through my third eye with my eyes closed and this one being was a male and he had the pointy ears like my granddaughter and um and he was and he had a, a pointed hat and he had a cloth over his face so i couldn't see his face but i could see his eyes were smiling and the rest were human and they were all smiling at me and it oh i get emotion when i talk about it and i got the impression that he was my son-in-law <laughs> wow so he was my granddaughter's father and you have a whole like et family you're thinking you're, you know you know you know this is like a whole et family you found yes well i know yes and because they had the same ears too and he that's what he let me know i remember as a little girl i was coming down the um ramp of his ship and there was a, a light being standing in the in the doorway and I call him Papa and I didn't want to uh, leave. I don't remember the experience on the ship, 
before that, but I do remember um, coming down the ramp from the experience and I was crying and I was upset and I was telling him, I don't want to go back to earth. I was telling him, I want to stay with you. And what he showed me and told me was that he said, we're not going anywhere. He was showing me like a ceiling fan that the frequency is just higher, like a ceiling fan. So they, when he leaves or when he moves up in frequency, they're still here. We, I just can't see them or hear them, but they're still here. They're just in a different frequency and not to be afraid and not to um, worry about it, that they're still there or, you know, he just wanted to comfort me. He was comforting me and telling me that we're still here. Amazing. And are you, are you getting like the same results from your clients too? Are they, are you finding that your clients have like the same thing, like hybrid families or are, are people having mixed traumatic events, positive events, or would you say most of them are positive or negative? Or? It's mixed, mostly positive. Yeah. A lot of people that I work with um, are just starting to open up to their their experiences or their memories and um so it's it's not something that they've been able to uh integrate yet this took this has been taking me 20 years and it's still ongoing yeah yeah that, 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 that's i think it's all i think it's a long process because right. i think we're all trying to understand a phenomena that's hard to that be can be hardly understood i mean think about the government like you know, like I, I talk about this in other shows, but I'll just talk about it with you. I mean, it's it's in the news right now. You know, the 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 the, the COVID relief disclosure bill. Supposedly, the the government has till June twenty fourth, and they have to hand over everything they know about disclosure to the government. I don't think we're going to get anything because they don't want people to know about the abductions, and they don't want them to know about them because either I'm thinking of how bad they've been, or that's one and some going to be traumatic and they don't want us to know how powerful we can be on the, yeah, on the yeah. good side you know they don't want us to wake up to the, the government doesn't want us to wake up to what our spiritual powers could be you know and that's why they put stuff like fluoride in our water and mm-hmm. i'm sure you know i mean you're very spiritual you're a very spiritual person i mean what are your thoughts on the whole disclosure yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, with a narrative that, at least this is what I, my feeling is right now, the narrative that, um, that extraterrestrials are a threat. They want us to believe that they are a threat to um, what I believe, to, you know, which is very dangerous because they the majority of the extraterrestrials i believe and know are here to help us and you know free us from the enslavement of the last thousand years or so two thousand years yeah i i, I wanted to i mean like i'm trying to figure i'm trying to put together like you know the right historical timeline i mean like i i want to know i want to know the true history and i have a guy coming on my show tomorrow who might be able to help me out with that. Like, I'm trying to figure out like what we were before. I mean, if you believe the story of the Anunnaki coming and genetically modifying the first human, mm-hmm. which is, there's good, there's good proof of it. You know, I mean, 
um, it, it, there's been a lot of researchers that have dug up this evidence, but I want to know what we were before that, like whether, you know, because I, I think that a lot of people fantasize about the Anunnaki, that they were, because they were our progenitors, and they, you know, um, how do I say this? They, 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 they gave us life, they gave humans maybe a higher intelligence, but I'm thinking, what if that's just a, a play? like, what if we already had, what if we were highly spiritually aware and all this stuff, and we had higher consciousness and they lowered our DNA or something like that because they were more powerful uh, extraterrestrial or something and they were coming to our planet. Um, I, or they, you know, I, I don't know because you hear stories of Atlantis and, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, I believe that there's so much history that um, it's hard to pinpoint one you know, one timeline or one race of, of extraterrestrials that have um, done good or done bad with, with the humanity. I do, I, I do have memory of Atlantis. I have memory of Lemuria. And I believe that in Lemuria that we were um, very spiritually aware and we're more um, androgynous. And I, I remember as a being in Lemuria where I wasn't this human type of being. I, well, we were human, we were bipedal and, and everything and had arms and stuff like that, but we weren't as, I didn't have as much hair. Um, what we did was work together um, with our, we used our chakras, we used our third eye, our third eye was very big very large we were able to use that uh, we healed each other from anything you know we could do yeah what we, what we were meant to do yeah and then uh i believe that during um the the fall of atlantis or during because what i understand is atlantis lasted for a few thousand years that there was a uh well, Lemuria, there was a choice perhaps to um, choose duality and, you know, the masculine and the feminine. And so that was what might be described as the fall. Okay. Like in Adam and Eve in the Bible, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. following you. Yeah. And so, so when that happened, it um, duality became negative and positive as well. And so negative would be the dark forces kind of thing, positive, the light forces. And I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know if our brain can handle <laughs> as much of it as, uh, you know, we'd like to, but, but I do have an, a memory and um, I had an out-of-body experience, I guess you could say, I just showed up with my counsel, my yeah. spiritual counselor or counsel, where there was a couple of Pleiadians, there was a Syrian, there was a gray and two, two beings that I didn't, um, I couldn't see them very well. And uh, this was about 20 years ago, 19, 20 years ago. And they, we were, had a discussion about my, uh, what I was going to be doing uh, the rest of my life, I guess, or, you know, moving forward. And what they said was I was here to help right the wrongs of Atlantis and help others that, um, uh, apparently I didn't do some, uh, I did some bad things in Atlantis as well. So I, I remember quite, I remember being a reptilian in Atlantis. I remember being human and a Syrian human, but 
I, and I naively said, well, what happened in Atlantis? This is before I was had started waking up very much. And they looked at each other and just kind of smirked and said, well, let's just say it wasn't very good. So wow. there was a, yeah, a lot of uh, genetic manipulation, a lot of, and I, a lot of things are going on now. So I see this as the end of that cycle where Atlantis were repeating the Atlantis thing. So do you uh, think, what, like, do you think we're due for a cataclysm again? Like, remember they, they said there was a huge flood also as well, like 11,000 years ago. They said there was a huge flood and, like, that could have been the fall of Atlantis as well. We're not, we're nobody's sure of any, you know, but um, do you think, there, do you see another cataclysm coming to the earth or anything like that? What I've seen is um, a more of a solar flash than a flood. That's what I've seen. And um, I saw that 20 years ago. And what does a solar flash do? Like, what, I'm not familiar. So I, I believe that we're getting a lot of solar flares now. And uh, this the sun is emitting a lot of, uh, well, flares and bringing, sending light to our planet. The sun is yeah. conscious. And, um, and so uh, hopefully it's, it gets, it, it happens little by little, but there's a lot of writings um, of, you know, religious writings and things like that in the Bible and um, in all the other re religious texts that talk about a solar flash which um, they use different words for it, but um, what I understand is it, it's a huge flare. <laughs> where did, 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 did just, did just wipes out humanity, or um, I don't believe it wipes out humanity. It depends on how much how much uh, light we have that we're carrying within us, and that we are have on the planet. Yeah, um, I mean, because you would yeah. think that like the sun's energy, even though if you stand out in the sun too long, you can. It's it's you can kill yourself. You can get burned very badly. But also, you know, it's good to sun gaze. Uh, you know, like um, I, mm -hmm. I don't do enough grounding. I should, you know, stand outside with my feet in the grass and look up at the sun and sun gaze for a little bit. You know, that's like great meditation. I heard. You know, and I and I don't sure. do it. I'll be honest. I, I really don't. Have you done that? Um, no, I, I understand that it's good to do it. Well, I've done it every once in a while um, if I'm up early enough. But I'm, I understand it's good to do it on sun, sunrise and sunset. Yeah. Just as the sun is coming up, you know, over the horizon, and but not to look at it any more than that. Yeah. And, uh, or going down. And it's supposed to heal your eyes. Really? That's pretty and cool. Then, yeah. Yeshua taught me that. And I also read it in a book on Atlantis. Oh, wow. Um, the last uh, question I have for you, because we've been going about an hour, um, I, I was looking on your website and I saw you posted about a trip to East SETI, you know, where James Gilliland is. And I, I think that it was a place and you had some amazing orbs on Utah that I saw. There was like a, a lot of them, you know, and, and they looked really, it was real orbs. Um, so I guess it's really, uh, East SETI is really as active as they say it is. And did you see UFOs too? And the, how was your overall trip? Was it pretty amazing? Oh yeah, I've been there many times. Uh, yes, it is. It's pretty amazing. The energy there alone is is just uh, really through the roof. There's lots of beans that you can get there. We get, um, we've got 
orbs and uh, spirit mist that look like um, ETs. My sister, we have a um, partnership called the Orb Sisters. We have a Facebook page where we get lots of cool stuff. Um, but she um, she got a light ship in her photos. And uh, we do see some very strange things, lights in the sky, which are definitely not, are not um, satellites. There's also lights on the mountain and there shouldn't be any lights on the mountain. Apparently there's a, um, one part of the mountain, what James says is there's a, um, like an opening where the ships will fly in and you can see where it, um, uh, the light, there's a light that happens when the ships fly into it. I don't know, which reminds me of an experience I had in a ship where I'm in a ship with other people. And this was a couple years ago. And, and it was, it flew into the side of a mountain and I, um, I was kind of freaking out because it was going really fast. I thought we were going to slam into the mountain, but then the mountain opened up and it was a screen. And so we went into the, the mountain and there was a Syrian being, a lion being there next to me. And when he got up to get off the ship, he kissed me on my forehead. And I, what I recall the most is the feeling of the lion mouth on my forehead. But uh, I don't know if that was an Iseti or not, but it, um, but it was a really cool experience. That's yeah, I, I would say Iseti is definitely worth it. Yeah, I'm going to check it out because I've never had a UFO experience and like, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to see one. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to be abducted. I'm a, I don't want to have, whether it's positive or negative, I don't think I'm going to want any contact experience just because I don't know. I'm, I'm iffy about it, but um, I definitely would like to see UFO before the end of my days, you know, which, I mean, I'm not, I'm only 41, but still, like, I, I still would like to see one here because it, I'm just interested in, I am interested in the subject. So, uh, but, no. um, people see sasquatch there too oh wow that's amazing like you know I, I i talk about bigfoot on the show a lot like i think bigfoot comes hand in hand with uh ufos like you yeah. know like um this guy i live in pennsylvania um pittsburgh to be exact and we have a researcher here he's been researching ufos and um and bigfoot for 70 years literally or like now i don't know how old he is but he he was alive in 1959 when the Kecksburg incident happened. He was a child mm -hmm. and he started investigating that. His name is Stan Gordon. All right, mm -hmm. and he came on my show and he's um he he has a he has a phone number that people call into anytime they report a, a mysterious thing. And he's had we've had things like Black Panthers in the city of Pittsburgh, Thunderbirds, um, Bigfoot and UFOs at the same time. Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. I mean, some really strange stuff. And he always says, he's like, I'm not saying that Bigfoot is a passenger in a UFO, but I mean, Bigfoot holding an orb. I mean, seriously, like these are the, like the things that people report. And it's not like people that are like on drugs or something like that. These are like credible people that report yeah. sightings, you know? So it just shows you that this world is so much more mysterious than we think it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, one woman that we... Um shared a cabin with there at Iseti, she saw early in the morning, she got up to go to the restroom and she felt this imp or this telepathic impression to turn and look. And there was a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch walking across the field. And this is called the Skywatch field where people sit out to look at the sky. 
And uh, so the grass isn't long or anything like that. It's short. And it, as she's staring at it, and she said that's what she went there to see. And it turned around and telepathically told her, and it was really early in the morning, she said, telepathically said something to her, okay, now you saw me, uh, you can go to bed now, it's cold out. And she kept watching, and as it walked away, it kind of shimmered and turned into an orb and just flew off. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's an amazing story. Well, yeah. Thank you for doing this. This was great. Like, I think this turned out to be a really good show. I think it'll get you really well with the audience and stuff. And um, uh, is there, oh, do you want to share your website and stuff before we finish? You want to how people can connect with you or find, find, if they want your services, how they can, you know, get your services sure. and everything? Sure. Yes. My website is SharonSananda.com, S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-N-D-A.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Sharon Sananda Kumara. And I have a YouTube channel, Sharon Sananda Kumara. And uh, my sister and I have amazing paranormal photos. I'm also a paranormal investigator. I've got also kind of EVPs and stuff like that. But our uh, Facebook page is called the Orb Sisters. Oh, wait a minute. I, I was just about the end of the episode. I have to ask you about your EVPs real quick. How did you, <laughs> I'm so interested in that. Like, you know, I, this girl told me that she, you know, I had a girl on the show that she, um, her name's Tracy Austin. She's awesome. She uh, told me that she connected with her dad through EVPs. Oh, yeah. Like, um, what what kind of readings are you getting from EVPs, you and your sister, if you don't mind me asking? Like, no, no, that's fine. That's the first uh, EVP I got was from, EVPs I got was from our dad. My sister and I sat down to um, to talk with him and got some amazing stuff. Um yeah, I get them all the time. Wow. Well, what kind of device do you use? I use a digital recorder, just a digital recorder. And I don't even have to be in a any kind of a haunted house or anything. I just, um, I also talk to my guide on, on my EVP, on my digital recorder. And I listen to it later and get uh, messages from him. So yeah. do you know what kind of digital, like if I was going to buy one, what kind of digital recorder would I buy? I believe I have, I have two actually. I believe one's a Sony uh, and it's just a, you know, I don't think it costs that much, maybe 25 bucks or something like that. It's an old school yeah. one is what you're saying. Um, or, no, or no. no, I don't know if it's old school. It's a, uh, it's just a digital recorder. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you, it has the white noise, so you can, I guess, because do you need the white noise to get the EVP? No, you're talking, um, I believe you're talking about the, um, what what's called a, uh, like a spirit box? Yeah, yeah, okay. well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I keep coming up with examples. I'll just give you one more example for you, because I think you'll find this interesting, and uh -huh. you can find it on my page, on my channel. I did a show with a guy named Gary Arnold. He's a teacher. He didn't want to come out but he came out to the public and what happened was he, he his family, you know, he never wanted to get, a, um, he never wanted to get a high tech cell phone. So he got a cell phone. It was an old school Alcatel. Okay. One that still had a recording feature on it. And when it recorded, it got white noise. Well, he found this out afterwards. What happened was he was sitting in the library at where he, you know, teaches or whatever. And he felt a ringing in his ear. So he got the idea to record a question onto the Alcatel. So he did, 
And then he played it back and he actually got these things called whispers, you know, and they're like EVP whispers. And um, he didn't play any on the episode. We just talked about his whole experience, but I thought it was wild. So I guess I've been studying, I've been studying EVPs and I'm trying to figure out what kind of device I should get because I don't have any special ringing in my ear. I just, I'm looking to try to experiment with EVPs and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get the, the, the thing that's going to work best. Yeah. Well, you know, spirit boxes are, are great too. I, I, um, there's one that I really like, it's called a spirit test and it's one of the older ones. Um, it's an app, an application, and I get good stuff on there. I usually use it now for spirit rescue to help spirit move into the light because I, because when I started doing EVPs, I could hear these spirits saying, help, help me, help, help over and over. And I'm like, gosh, what the heck is going on? And, um, and I was uh, interested. I used to watch Huff Paranormal on YouTube. Are you aware of him, Steve Huff? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I watch him and uh, the other guy, uh, Huff Paranormal White. Uh, you know, the, he has a friend, does it too. Paranormal, I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, do you know who I'm talking about? There's another one besides the Huff. There's, um, oh man. I, I probably do, but I can't, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. But um so i i saw where he helped johnny cash move into the light and um and that really touched me and uh um it was I, it was very profound so that's where i started using evps and spirit boxes for mainly spirit box for helping spirit move into the light because i um and that's a lot of work i do with spirit rescue as a psychopomp and so um I get some amazing recordings and whenever I do this and I do as a group too, I can hear spirit afterwards thanking us and saying things like at peace in, you know, in, in the light, um, heaven, um, thank you, that kind of thing you helped. So people can't tell me it's not real. Well, what do you think causes people to get trapped? And I mean, if you, if you don't mind me asking you this last question, what, no, what, do you think, what do you think causes people to get trapped in, in uh, like after death? Is it fear or is it like, um, I don't know. Yeah, like, that's a good question because I, I, I believe there's all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, it can be uh, a sudden death, like where someone doesn't even know that they've died, uh, a car accident or a heart attack or something like that. Um, it can be um, emotion, fear, fear of judgment. Uh, be attachments attached to a place to people to um, a situation if you're murdered if someone's murdered you know maybe maybe they're sticking around trying to help solve the murder or maybe they're still angry emotion it's usually emotional trauma that kind of thing and that goes along with uh, soul retrieval which is the same thing because parts of us that are ghosts that get stuck and um, so there's all kinds of reasons why um, people can get stuck. Johnny Cash uh, wanted to st was staying with his daughter close to the Earth plane, and um, he didn't. Um, and a lot of times, and I, you know, here in Western society, we don't know how to die. <laughs> we don't know how to cross over. And that yeah. one thing I didn't talk about was the light. And so, and what it's like to be in light. But uh, we we haven't been taught how to die and so a lot of people don't know how you know how to move across what do you do i mean so i know i mean I, i'm just not interested for myself now i'm not even show well um 
my uh, my experience and what I understand is and working with spirit as long as I have is uh, is to take our attention off the earth plane like I did in my near-death experience and just turn around and okay. uh, because that's what happens when we get stuck is our attention is on the earth plane and we get caught up in that just like we do here and so um, so turning around and so um, what I understand is when a ghost um, is still attached to the earth plane because their attention is on the earth plane they're spirit guides their loved ones and angels or whatever you you know whatever they have trying to get them to move across is like a dream just like us yeah wow that's interesting that's that's so it's like a dream wow it's confusing but it's interesting it definitely is like this world is so i i i, I question it all the time that's why i love doing this show because, you know, I get to talk to people like yourself. Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I thank you so much. Like, I, I learned a lot today. And uh, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and um, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, All right. And I'll keep in touch. And I'll send you a link once I upload it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right have a Thanks, good night. Robert.